Hi, everybody. It's Dimity McDowell from Another Mother Runner. If you're just finding this podcast that feels like Another Mother Runner, but it isn't, that's because it's full of specialty content geared towards the athletes in our Train Like a Mother Club. A heads up, there's what we like to call positive profanity from Coach MK in the Heart Rate Podcasts, so parental discretion is advised there. Whether you've got your eye on an Olympic distance triathlon, your first 5K, or a half marathon PR, we'd love to help you train. We have programs for most distances in running, triathlon, and ultra races, and a range of plans that suit all levels of running experience and fitness. So if you like what you hear, head on over to trainlikeamother.club to check out the plans and find one that will work for you. Thanks and enjoy the show. everybody good morning happy hot july morning right coach amanda oh yes i'm i'm it's it's starting to wear me down a little bit the heat and humidity i'm getting a little tired of it (laughs) yeah so tell us about what what's life like on the east coast right now yeah it's we're just in the middle of you know the, the typical dog days it's it is just very very humid you get maybe a day or two break from it every like 10 days to two weeks, you know, we'll yeah. get a little, you know, tiny little break and you got to love life when it happens and then you go right back into it. So, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, we had that here. So, so the good news in Colorado is we don't have the humidity yeah. we have, um, and it's still, you know, it, it feels like it burns through your skin. Like I know on the East coast and other humid places, you just, you just can't stop sweating. Right. I mean, you come yeah. in from a run and you're like an hour later, you're still sweating, aren't you? Yes, Even after yes. a cold and- shower and everything. Yeah, on my run the other day too, on Saturday's run, it was so humid, it was our long run, and I was joking with my friends because my, my shirt when I started, you know, was a normal length shirt, and by the time I finished, it was like a dress, I mean, it just was weighed down so heavily with all that sweat, so disgusting. So. Yeah, yeah, I remember Sarah always kids me about this time that we went out to, um, it was not our AMR retreat, it was a different retreat out in Seattle, and um, and we were wearing some Lucy clothes, some Lucy like wicking clothes. And I was like, okay, this is really cute, but it doesn't wick. Like, cause I'm so used to almost being dry still at the end of a run. I mean, not yeah. really, but kind of right. And like this, yeah. I, I mean, it wasn't, I was carrying around about four pounds of moisture. So, um, so yeah, so it's hard. It is hard. And we absolutely acknowledge that. And so I want to start this just Q and a, because you did a really nice kind of post just looking for some tips and some people I thought had some pretty good ideas. So in case they Mm -hmm. didn't see the tips or they were in a different group, I wanted to kind of start with some running and heat stuff, Um, which the first one is uh, duh, but it it remains or needs to be repeated is the treadmill, right? I mean, if it's just too much, you gotta, and you need to get your run in, like the treadmill is not gonna kill you, right? I mean, I know you're not, you would never go inside for a treadmill, would you? I'll still take my humid misery, yeah. <laughs> but that's me, that's me, and I understand other people, it, you know, other people have a higher tolerance than I do for it, so yeah. why not yeah. use it if it's there and you, you know, if that's the way you're going to get through it. Absolutely, and I and I do have a tolerance for the treadmill, so I'll be the, I'll be the pro, Amanda um, will be the con, <laughs> um, but I, I think it's important to just, you know, realize that, um, Sometimes getting a run-in in um, mental discomfort will beat physical discomfort, right? And, um, and the mental discomfort doesn't have to be that bad, especially if you look at it as just a speed bump in your training and, hey, I'm just going to go get this done and it'll be good and I don't have to be sweating five hours after I'm done with my run. 
Um, you know, and people, you know, the usual suspects, podcasts. Um, I've been doing the Stairmaster a lot at our gym, and um, I've been timing it, not even um, purposefully, but at the beginning of a Law & Order episode, I always happen to, like, start, you know, it's out of, like, 2 in the afternoon, right? Like right. that. And, yeah, is it is it, like, riveting, awesome TV? No, but does it keep my interest? Yeah. You know, honestly, like, I plug in and I watch some murder mystery and then I'm done. And so... Right. You know, I, 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 I realize, you know, different strokes for different folks, but the treadmill is not necessarily the enemy, especially on these hot, hot days. Right. Um, and then some other stuff that Misty had a whole list of them. She wears a hydration pack on longer runs, and she loads it full of ice before she adds cold water to it. Um, she uses a hydration app to keep her water intake up during the day. I thought that was really interesting. Hmm. Do you ever, yeah. have you ever heard of that? No, I didn't know there was such a thing. Um, There's an app for everything. Yeah, I yeah, of course there is, right. <laughs> set the alarm for, you know, um, maybe not to drink, but maybe, I don't know, maybe it asks you if you drank 20 ounces in the last two hours or something like that. Um, she wears a visor instead of a hat. Every little bit counts, right? Keep the top of your head uh, free. Yeah. Um, she, she wets her hair before she leaves the house. That's um, awesome. I like that a lot. Um, you know, yeah. light colors are always good. Um, and then um, another person, I didn't write down her name, but she drinks cold ice water right before and after her walks and runs, and she takes a cold shower after. Um, I mean, you can have your kids even hit you with a hose when you come home yeah. or yeah. even before you go, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember, um, you know, in the Athens Olympics, you know, when uh, Dina Castor was running, I remember she had this ice, you know, it was a very high-tech, like, oh, Nike yeah. ice that she wore. I mean, I think their, I think their race went off at, like, 5 p.m. at night or some yeah. ungodly hour. It was really, it was late and yeah. hot. And so, um, you know, they had a lot of time to prepare and think about that. But the idea of cooling down before you heat up, like, kind of getting a running start a little bit, I mean, yeah. I kind of like that idea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, th I think there is research that shows, you know, stay stay cool for as long as possible. You know, like, don't go out until the very last second, you know. Just try yeah. to stay cool as long as you can, yeah. And then and evaporative heating is very, very good. So pouring water over your head and, and letting it evaporate from your body as you go along, it's, it's a really effective way to stay cool. Yeah, yeah. Stay cool in air quotes, right? Yeah. <laughs> stay yeah. cool-ish, ish. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so keep on it. Um, and the other thing that um, you need to know and um, is that your pace is not going to be beautiful, right? If you, even if you're at the peak of your fitness and you go out on a sloppy morning and it's 90 degree or 90% humidity and, and even cool, it's still not going to be reflected in your GPS, right? I mean, absolutely, absolutely. And the thing to, to keep in mind is the ability is still there. It's there, and it will reemerge in September. <laughs> but, you you know, right now, it's just not going to be there, and don't kill yourself trying to get to that pace, and don't don't get yourself mentally beat up by it either. It's just, just not going to happen. You know, it just, the weather's against you right now. But it, but it really, really does pay off in the fall, and I, I do, you know, recommend as much as you can do slog through it, because it, it really does, you're, you're actually increasing your, your, um, red cell volume by going through this. It's kind of like altitude training in a way, and um, and you will feel like a million bucks in the fall. So Absolutely. Well, and here's yeah. Michelle's testimonial. Michelle is in the um, half marathon plan, um, and she said, for everyone pushing through the heat, take heart. It was 56 degrees this morning in Chicago, 
and I had a three-mile run with one-mile tempo on the books. She ran by feel, and she didn't look at her watch. After weeks of slugging through 11-plus minute paces at medium effort, I came out with a 755-mile feeling the same effort at all those, all, as all those 11-minute miles over the last couple of weeks. Thank you, cool temperatures. There's a light at the end of the heat tunnel. So, um, you know, and that's lovely. And, that, and, you know, you said every once in a while you get a break. We had a break here on Saturday. Like, go out, revel in it, skip, run around, run a little faster than you maybe should, and enjoy it and realize that it is still there, right? Yeah. Totally. Totally. Well, so um, so for everybody who's joining us, I have printed out um, the questions that you guys put up on Facebook. So I have those, and we're going to kind of run through those. And then if you have a question that you want to ask, you can um, either raise your hand on the um, – on the webinar, or you can um, type in a question if you're like at work or, you know, in a position where um, where uh, speaking may not be um, a great idea. So um, just know, like, if you want to talk to Coach Amanda, we can make that happen if you're here with us. And if you're not, we're still going to go through the questions. So, um, okay, going back to the heat, this is one that was emailed to us. This is from Ava. She said, like many other runner, mother runners, the weather where I live is hot and humid and getting out early isn't an option very often. She doesn't mind running in the heat, heat and humidity when she doesn't have an agenda, but when she's training, she wants to get in a quote-unquote good run if possible. So here's her question. She has a long run coming up on the day with 95 degree temperatures and 65% plus humidity. Um, is there a general rule of thumb with regard to getting outside versus hitting the treadmill? For me, I'm okay with either. They both present their own challenges, but I know I'll run stronger and recover quicker if I run on the treadmill. My upcoming long run is 10 miles, which is the longest I've ever milled it, she said. So, I mean, we've heard kind of your um, your personal stance on the treadmill, but can you give us kind of a pro and con versus taking a 10-mile run outside on a pretty, what seems to me, ridiculously hot day versus doing it inside? Sure. I mean, first of all, there is no hard and fast rule on it at all. Um, so, you know, I really think it's personal preference. And so, all right, if you're going to run on the treadmill, you're probably going to be able to run faster if that's your goal and feel mentally stronger um, afterward, you know. So that, that if that's what your goal is out of the run, then go that way. If you're, you know, if you're, if you don't care that much about how you're going to feel mentally, um, you know, go outside and slog through it. Know your pace is going to be slower. Um, know that, you know, you're still getting lots of benefit out of it. And, and you know, again, like I said before, it's not a reflection of where your fitness level is. It's just a reflection of the conditions. So it's really personal preference. Um, there's no, you know, no one way or the other to go with it. I, I just say go with what you want to do personally and what you want to get out of the run. Um, as far as, you know, maybe feeling like you, it takes you a little bit longer to recover from a long run out in the heat, I still say that's okay. Um, sometimes we get a little too focused on wanting, you know, great recovery out of every run. And, you know, the purpose of training isn't necessarily to be recovering um, from every single run. It's, it's you know, it's the long-term um, recovery that comes from some, some cutback days. It comes from rest days. It comes from tapering before your race. So um, that's where your gains come in. And so, you know, if you don't feel quite as recovered and you're a little more tired going into the next day's run, that's okay. It's, there's, there's still benefit in that. And, and there actually, um, I might argue, is some increased benefit in that. You know, I always say, I train tired, and, and, and 
feel fresh on race day, and that's what I want people to get out of their training. So, yeah. Absolutely. The other thing um, that I and I, you know, I I can do from my gym, and I don't know if everyone else can do it from their gym, but um, you know, I have a park going either way. Um, you know, it's not an awesome run, but from the gym, and so you could split it up. You know, if you have the yeah. ability to go, you know, five miles and five miles, or even like warm up on the treadmill, go out and do six miles and then come back and cool down in the nice cool air for two miles, yeah. something like that, you know, and that, that yeah. also like breaks it up mentally because then you're like, okay, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do that. And I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and looking forward to those cool couple of miles back on the treadmill at the end of the run might be kind of yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I know, I realize some people might have gyms off the interstate or, you know, whatever, but if that's an option, that's an option. Um, yeah. Okay, Kimberly, uh, you're here. I want to see if I can unmute you. Hi, can you hear us, Kimberly? Yes. Hi, how are you? Oh. you are you there? <laughs> I think there's a lot going on in the oh, background. She's typing a question, maybe. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> oh, do you want? Do you not want to talk, Kimberly? Prefer not to. Okay, I'll take that as a no. Um, okay, so I'm going to, um, her question is, do you have suggested stretches for the IT band? Uh, I, yeah, big time, don't stretch your IT band. Um, <laughs> no, really, it's, it, that is one, you just do not stretch your IT band. Don't do it. Um, first of all, it's fascia, and it's just going to further irritate it. It's not stretchable. Fascia is not a stretchable um, component in your body. Component's the wrong word, but um, yeah. yeah, do not stretch it. You you want to in, instead um, you want to foam roll around it. I would not foam roll right on it when it's irritated either. Um, it, you know you, you so like work work on your glute medius. Um, you know work on your hamstrings. Work on the tissues around it um, because what's happening with an IT band generally is you've got other things that are not necessarily functioning the way they should, other muscles, usually it's your glute medius almost always, um, your hips, things like that, and they're, they're pulling on it and, and putting strain on it. Um, but again, don't, don't stretch it. it. It really, that's, that's the last thing you want to do with your IT band. Sure. And so your glute medius are the um, muscles kind of on the side of your butt, right? They yeah. are the ones that are, you know, um, they're not, your maximus is the ones that you sit on, the medius are the ones that kind of the blinkers on the side if you're uh, if you're if you're maximus or your headlights um and uh yeah i mean foam rolling just just to clear that up in your quads foam roll your quads foam roll your i mean i would just do a very thorough foam roll but but yeah your it bands if they're hurting like you said um leave them alone and, and also like just a longer term look at it you want to yeah. get you want activation out of your glutes um to help that that that's what's again if you're if you're, your glutes aren't firing your IT band is going to take the hit. Um, so you want to work on some glute activation things, um, in particular before you run. So things like donkey kicks, um, squats, nice slow deep squats, um, things like that that are going to get your, you know, tell your glutes to turn on and fire, and then they can support the IT band, and the IT band isn't going to have to take the job that they're supposed to be doing. Exactly, because your glutes are your biggest muscle in your body, and they should be the ones taking the hit. The one yeah. that I like, um, and it's pretty simple, especially if you're, if you're injured or if something hurts, is just the normal bridge, you know, your glute yep. bridge. You can get up there, you know, you raise your hips in the air, you're resting on your shoulders and your feet, the bottoms of your feet, and um, 
you can really like squeeze them, right? Like you can really feel them and you can feel like sometimes I feel like when I'm trying to like I'm doing a squat, I can I can reach back and feel that they're working, but I don't know that I can activate them myself, right? right Does that make right. sense? You know, yeah. like when you are really like when you want to think about like, okay, how am I if I'm using them, you know, reach back. And you can reach back and feel them on a run too. Um, I know uh, like Coach MK says, going up a hill, you should definitely be able to feel back and feel your, you know, poke at your glutes and feel like they are, they're tight, right? Or yeah. they're activating, they're moving, they're somehow engaged. Um, they may not be, you know, super tight, but. <laughs> right. Anyway, uh, so. Yeah. Do you ever check yours, Coach Amanda, in the middle of a run? Um, yeah, yeah, I, I do actually, and I and I do a lot of glute activation stuff because you yeah. know I want to make sure they're firing because that that is that is at the core of so many injuries. You know, is is when and and we all we all tend to have glutes that don't fire very well because you know sitting, office jobs, things like that. They kind of just put them to sleep. So yes, they're just they turn into big lumps, big marshmallows. <laughs> awesome. All right, so Kimberly, I hope that helps. If you, if it doesn't, type another question, and we will be happy to, to circle back there. Um, and then Jilly, uh, I'm sorry, Julie uh, has a question, and her, it looks like she is unavailable right now. Oh, maybe she's not. I'll try her. Let's try you. Hi, Julie. Can you hear us? Are you there, Julie? Uh, my okay. Login. Okay. I think we're just gonna. Uh, you let your dog in? <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's on the deck and she's begging to come back in. So. <laughs> oh, mom, mom is too hot out here, mom. Put yeah. Okay. All right. So Julie says, when hill sprints are on the plan, is it best to save them and do them all at the end, or all at the same time if you come across a hill somewhere during the run, or is it okay to split them up whenever you happen to have upon a good hill, good size hill during the run? So hill sprints. Um, I mean, I don't, is that different than hill repeats, or is that? Um. So I know I've written a couple different ways into the plan. Um, sometimes um, just sprints, like 20-second bursts of speed up a hill, you know, I'd recommend those at the end, kind of like you would do strides, but instead of strides, do your hill sprints, you know, like four or five of them, quick, short ones. Um, I have some long runs in the plan that um, are designed to be just on a hilly route, and when you're out there and you come to a hill, I want you to work it hard going up, not sprinting, but work it hard. Um, and then there's hill repeats, um, which are, you know, a specific workout where I do want you doing them all at once. So say like a two-mile warm-up, get to your hill, and you're going to repeat it, say, six times or whatever it might be prescribed. So good hard effort, maybe for, I, however I have it written, for like, say, 30 seconds. Um, good solid effort jog back down for recovery, turn around, go back and do it again. So that, that's kind of the difference in the three different approaches to hill workouts that I have. Okay. So what if she um, lives, I mean, lives in a place where, you know, she's got an, a, a good mile or two of flat to get home. Um, can she do those hill sprints, those 20-second sprints before, like if she is near a good hill, and then finish a run? I mean, is that going to defeat the purpose? No, it's okay. It's okay. It's it's yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you have to make it work. And and if it's you know ridiculously hard to find a hill nearby your home at the end, you know that's fine to do it like that. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Um. Uh. Let's see here. We have um a question from Kristen who is in the marathon program. She says, "Good morning. I'm trying to figure out what my race pace should be while I train." The one marathon I ran was a 4.48, so the average pace was about 11 minutes. 
my goal for this race is to finish strong in under five hours. So at a previous race, at mile 22, I thought I was dying, and she cried the final 4.2 miles. And I'm not laughing at the crying part. It's just that that's a pretty typical feeling, is feeling like you're just done at mile 22. Yeah. So she says, I run comfortably at 9.30 on good days, and sometimes at 10-minute miles, the more hot and humid it gets. So should I run this comfortable pace and then slow down to an approximately 13-minute pace when you say run race pace? According to the runner's world pace calculator, based on my last marathon, long runs should be 12 to 13 minute miles. So basically, again, just to sum this up, she wants to finish in under five hours, and she wants to have, she wants to pace herself. She wants to be able to finish strong. So she's wondering what her long runs should look like, pace-wise. All right. Well, the first, very first caveat I want to throw in there is just that I don't think after 20 mile 22 it's comfortable for anyone on the planet. I, I mean I just don't. I think that's just part of the marathon game is that it's it's gonna kinda suck those last few miles and that's where it's all mental and um, just kinda be prepared for that pain. Um, even, even if like, you're running way slower than what you're capable of it's a long time to be out there and your muscles are gonna be tired. So um, I, 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 I think it, I'm wondering if there's a little bit of disconnect going on between her um, paces that she runs and then her her marathon results and her marathon pacing. Um, you know, I definitely don't want to see you if you are truly, truly comfortable at a 9:30 to 10-minute pace on your long runs. Um, you know, I, definitely there's no reason you should be slowing down for your for your race pace um, training. I would suggest that maybe you're running a little bit too fast. Um, during your long runs, if you're running that pace and then your race pace ends up being more like an 11-minute pace. Um, so, you know, I do kind of agree with what the runner's world results are, that you should be running maybe more like a 12, 13-minute pace for your longer runs um, and then make your race pace, um, you know, where you want it, which sounds like, I mean, last time you were already there, you were already under a five-hour race. Um, and if you want to kind of maybe increase that a little bit, maybe take that average pace down a little bit. Um, 10 seconds per mile, something like that, and make that your race pace when you train. Um, it seems to me that's where you, sh you should be. Um, I, you know, I, you know, I don't know, but I mean, if you're really, really, really comfortable at that 9:30 to 10-minute pace for your long runs, um, I, I, I mean, maybe you just didn't get out of that marathon, you know, what you're capable of, and 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 maybe you were already more capable than that pace. Um, so I think. I think she needs to kind of figure that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure, sure. I mean, I think, uh, so, I mean, the other thing that pops out to me is 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 pacing. And I, it's, it is hard to pace a marathon. It is very hard to pace a marathon. But she's done it once, you know. Right. She's been through the distance once. And that's, that's I think, the hardest thing is to realize how far, in fact, 26.2 miles is. Yeah. And now she can draw on that and remember, you know, with um, her training and some guidance from you, um, about how to run that marathon, you know, what she's going to do for the first 10 miles, what she's going to do for the second 10 miles, or however you want to break it up, so that it's not just, oh my god, I'm running a marathon, and then, oh my god, I'm at mile 22, I'm crying, right? And that's usually yeah. what happens. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I think the, the guiding principle, and you kind of said it, is, um, is keeping it easy. Those long runs, unless they have race pace miles in them, um, if you're in a plan that has race pace miles, or some kind of, you know, little tweak in the middle of it, then, you know, then you need to turn it up. But the but long runs are really about just building your cardiovascular base, right? So Absolutely. more or less, you know, 
they shouldn't be run at race pace, but they shouldn't, um, but they should be easy. And so if, if a 10 minute mile right now, Kristen, feels easy to you for a 17 mile run, you know, then do that. But I would almost, you know, take away, I wouldn't take away your GPS totally, but I would spend, you know, an hour of a long run, not looking at your GPS and just saying, can I do this forever? Can I do this forever? Okay. What pace is that? And then kind of use that to also deduce where you are because no calculator is going to tell you, I mean, calculators are definitely a great guidepost, but they are not the Bible, right? Yeah. Yeah. They can't take into effect, you know, so many different factors. They are, like you said, they're just, they're a good guide. Yeah. 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 So hopefully that helps a little bit, Kristen. Um, okay. Here's a question from Anne who's joining us. Um, she has a question about joints. My knees have always been a bit creaky, but I'm wondering what is normal and what might, and what might be a sign to back off training or see my doctor. She's in the Crush It plan to run her second marathon, and when she's not training, she runs 20 to 25 miles a week. Now that she's in week five of her training, her knees make crunchy noises when she's walking up the stairs, and she has a lot of joint stiffness when getting up from sitting. What's normal for, for a 39-year-old healthy woman amping up mileage, and what's something to be concerned about? Um, I mean, I, I don't think that noise is something to be concerned about so much. I mean, I, I think joints are going to make noise no matter what. Um, and I know my PTs have told me before, you know, that, you know, it, it's, it's meaningless. The noise is fairly meaningless. I think stiffness or pain for sure is a time to get it straightened, you know, get it checked out. And, you know, if, you, if you're going to get some comfort out of going to see a PT or a doctor, you know, about the stiffness, maybe go ahead and do that. Um, that, you know, but I, I mean, I... I wouldn't be overly concerned right now. Um, that 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 would be my and again I'm not a physician and so I'm, I'm I get a little uncomfortable weighing in too much on something like this. So yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, yeah, rice crispy knees is what uh, one PT called it for me. He's like, oh, you have got rice crispy knees, and my knees, you know, are not the thing that hurts me, but they make they sure do make a lot of noise. Yeah. So that's okay. Um, yeah. But yeah. Again, like swelling, anything that feels like it's out of the ordinary or doesn't abate within a couple of days, you know, cause maybe it's after a long run and maybe, you know, it was really hot and you're swollen and you're blah, blah, blah. But I mean, you're kind of, you kind of know your body pretty well. And, um, and yeah, like you said, Amanda, we are not um, skilled to give <laughs> medical advice. Yeah. Um, so go ahead. I was just going to say one more thing I want to, I want to throw in there is that um, when you have bilateral pain, meaning, if both your knees are hurting or not hurting, okay. Again, take away the hurt word. But if they're both stiff, if they're both um, making noise and things like that too, that is that is less of an indicator of an injury, okay, uh, so, than like something more like you know I don't know if you know I don't know anything about arthritis, but you know, but it's less of an it's it's, it's more like if you only have one side that's really bothering you, that would be a little bit more of a red flag for injury. So sure, sure, yeah. Um, okay, and then uh, Tony's asking, uh, do you have a good way to determine what paces you should be running to reach your goal time? Um, you know, again, um, as far as long run and easy paces, I am a fan of not setting paces. I, I just, I just, that's my philosophy as a coach is that I don't think you need to be setting up parameters for your body on those easier runs. Um, I think that your body's going to know best and, and it's going to guide you and, and, and it's all fine and it's not going to affect the outcome at the end of the day. When it comes to your race pace um, times and things like that, um, again, I, I, I'm going to go back to the calculators, but I think you know your most recent race result is, is your best guide for what you can do. Um, 
You can also dial in by running um, like a two-minute time or two-mile time trial on a track and kind of getting a result from that and calculating out from that using those calculators. Um, and I can give more guidance on how to do a time trial if you want that. Um, but yeah, that that that's where I come out on all that. So yeah, yeah, and the calculators. I mean, if you are so you can you can search Running World. Um, Run, running calculators. I know Runner's World has one. I know Greg McMillan has one. Um, there's definitely like quite a few out there. And yeah. just to reiterate what Coach Amanda said, it's a recent race time. You know, so mm -hmm. if you're coming back after having a kid and you ran a 150 half marathon four years ago and you've had two children between then, I wouldn't use that 150 time, right? Yeah. And you just yeah. need to go off of your own feel and see where you are post babies. Um, the um, and, and the other thing to know about the race calculators is, you know, you can put in your 5K time and it will predict your marathon time. But the closer you are, a half marathon time is a better predictor of your marathon time than a 5K time. Like the closer the distance is, so um, makes the most sense to use in the calculator. It's a little bit more yeah. um, accurate. But again, you know, it's hard because those things can set you up for like, oh my gosh, I could actually do that. And they can also set you up for what feels like failure. And that's what is so hard about them is that um, in my mind, and I know in Coach Amanda's, mind, Coach Amanda's mind too, if you complete a 15, an 18 week training cycle and you go out and go the distance and it wasn't your day because you were up late with your kid or you had intestine problems or it's super humid, but it, even if it's cool, it's still super humid or whatever. And you still go the distance, but you, the Runner's World pace calculator told you that you should be able to run a 205 half marathon. You came in with a 215. And all of a sudden, that extra 10 minutes makes you feel like total crap and negates all the work and all the dedication and everything that you did. And I see it again and again and again in this club. And um, not to sound like a mother, but it just really bums me out because it just, I'm like, really, you're going to let 10 minutes, 10 minutes, which is, you know, I don't know, pasta boiling on the stove ruin all the things that you did for 16 weeks, you know? Yeah. And um, I mean, it's one thing if you have, you know, some kind of performance paycheck coming or, you know, you, you're in a bet with somebody or whatever, but it's another thing when you're just like, okay, this is where I am today. Where can I be tomorrow? You know, mm -hmm. and just kind of taking that results for what it is on that specific day and saying, all right, where am I going to go from here instead of, I don't know. I mean, it's just, I, I could talk about it forever, but I just, it's one of those things that repeats itself again and again and again, and I just want people, we're so hard on ourselves sometimes, and I just want people to zoom out and be like, but Jesus, look what I just did, you know, yeah. look what I did, yeah. instead of, look what I didn't do, you know, look yeah. at that whole 10 minutes, so. And, and, and we need to measure success on more than just a number on a clock, you yeah, know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So just proceed with caution with those, but they are, like we said, they're helpful guideposts, but they also last little bit and I'll step off my soapbox. They also set you, they're also for a perfect day, right? They're right. also, they're not for a day in July in Maryland. They're not right. for a crazy windy day in Pittsburgh. They're not for those days. They're for a day where your body feels like a Ferrari and the weather is absolutely perfect. Yeah, so. definitely. Anyway, okay, moving on. Um, going back to, uh, Kimberly was the one that has IT problem. Um, mm -hmm. the IT She's asking about stretching. She says she foam rolls after her run, but maybe suggesting foam rolling before, um, which is interesting because I was just on a podcast with Sarah, um, Sarah Bowen Shea, and she is very much a proponent of, she gets up in the morning and that's the first thing she does basically besides hit the loop. Um, so what do you think about that, Amanda? 
Yeah, no, I, I think there's nothing wrong with that. You get the tissues moving a little bit and loosened up, and you know, yeah, I think I think it. Try it, try it. We're all an experiment of one, and and you know, it really might be the thing that helps you. It's just getting loosened up. And again, I'm going to throw in, you know, and and some warming up, um, you know, some warming up exercises to get the body ready to go out and start running. Um, you know, so yeah, both both could be worth a try. Absolutely, the prehab exercises that everybody has on their handouts yeah. on their PDFs. Yeah. Um, okay, we're just going to keep jumping back and forth, and here goes Tony again. Um, so she wants to in, she wants information on how to do the time trial. So Tony, you can either email us um, at clamclub at anothermotherrunner.com or tag Amanda on the Facebook page, and she can help you. She ran um, a 159 last month um, in a half marathon after eight weeks of training, and her goal is a 150 to 152 in October. Do you think that's doable? It was a 159, did you say? Yeah, 159.50, so just under two hours, and she wants to cut somewhere between eight to ten minutes. That might be too big of a jump, um, but maybe if all the stars align and training is going really well, and um, you know, if you can start, if you can see the progression as you're training and that kind of thing, I mean, it, it, it's it's possible. I would maybe aim for like a 155, um, or you know. 154 to 156, something like that. You know, give yourself a little bit of a range in there. Um, I, I, it's it's a pretty big reach, I think, um, but but not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. 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 Again, and this is, uh, um, you know, the, the 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 faster you get, the harder it is to take off time. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So definitely. you know, go from like a 149 to a, and this is you know obviously super fast, but 149 to one. 45 is much harder than going from a 219 to a 215. Um, yeah. Just because the amount of time, you know, you're already, you're dealing with smaller and smaller slices of, um, of improvement. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely good to set something ambitious, but then also realize, and the course is obviously going to come into play as yeah. well. Yeah. Another thing to think about, Tony, and you can definitely hit us up with um, questions on the Facebook page or email, and, and I can put you in touch with Coach Amanda. Um, okay, so Kimberly is in the half marathon plan, and she's asking, can I follow the race plan without a goal time? Uh, her backstory, she ran her first 50K on June 3rd, and she registered for a fall marathon during training. Um, but as she recovered from her 50K, she didn't want to get back into training physically or mentally. She decided to drop down to the half, a decision her husband welcomed. <laughs> I love that detail. Um, he even decided to run it, saying he wanted to pace me to a PR. But for a number of reasons, I've decided we need to run our own races. In doing that, though, I no longer have his goal or my original goal, marathon goal. I just sort of feel like I'm aimless. The workouts are going well, and my body feels happy to be on a less demanding plan, time-wise at least. So talk a little bit about, I mean, the answer is, of course, you can do that, right? You don't have to have a time goal, even if you're on the race plan. But talk about the mentality between, you know, really going for a time versus, you know, um, I don't want to say let yourself off the hook, but just training to stay consistent and to go to a race, right? Because they both yeah. serve their purpose, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, this is a time, if, if that's where you are mentally, just this is a time to just have fun with it and enjoy it. And you know, get in the miles you need to um, to complete the distance. Um, don't feel like you have to spend time doing the speed work if you don't want to. I mean, that's your your call. Do, you know, it sounds to me like you're maybe a tad burned out, and so um, this could be a good reset 
you know, period for you to kind of get back the love of running and, you know, go to go to the race and leave the watch at home. Just run it completely naked for something different and, and, and you know, just enjoy the scenery, enjoy the vibes of the race and your fellow athletes and, um, yeah, just, just let's, let's make this a fun training period and then maybe at the end of that you're gonna, it'll renew your, your desire to go back out again and, and train for, you know, a, a goal time and just look at it as a, as a way to, to maintain fitness and, and, and then have fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a there's definitely, you know, there's seasons of love as our as yeah. rent tells us, and there's seasons yeah. to season to compete, and there's a season to, you know, to just go have fun. And honestly, like you know, a 50k is a pretty intense thing, as you well know, Kimberly. And then turning around and saying, okay, I'm gonna run a marathon. I mean, there are a lot of people that can do that and yeah. keep up the intensity, but I would argue that there's many more that would say okay, I need a break, right? And yeah. so that's not any cause for self-criticism or concern about your motivation or anything. It's just following yeah. the wave of training, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and you know, I, if, if you love running, you want to be running for the long term. And so pay attention to that right now. That, that's what your body and your mind are telling you and your heart. So, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, um, I think Michelle has her hand up. So we're going to see if she's available. Hi, Michelle. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm well, thanks. Good. Where where are you calling from? Uh, Connecticut. Connecticut. Nice. And which plan are you in, Michelle? Um, in the Crush It plan. In the Crush It okay. plan, the marathon plan. All right. So how's the training going? I feel great. I'm um, like very excited that I feel great. Um, my rest day, um, I'm not hurting. I'm not limping, which in previous years I was. So um, that's a win. I can uh. get up, put it off my couch, no problem. So <laughs> great. Uh, but my question is, so I've run three um, three marathons. Um, I ran Hartford in 2015. It was like a 4:56. I ran New York City twice, and they were both in the 4:50s. Um, but my half marathons are less than two hours. Um, so, I, I, and I'm based on race predictors. I should be able to run a 4:12. And I does that seem too lofty? Was I not maybe doing enough speed work in my previous training or? No, I, I would say that that's probably pretty accurate, you know, that, that you have that ability in you based on your half times, um, especially if one of those half times was not that long ago. Um, yeah, no, was, April was, I think, well, April was um, 159. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would say it sounds pretty doable. Which marathon are you doing this fall? Marine Corps. Marine Corps, okay. So, um, it fairly, I, I would, I don't know Hartford, but I, I would guess Hartford's maybe a little bit hilly. I don't know. Do you, you know, I don't remember anything except for the torrential <laughs> rain. <laughs> um, honestly, I re it's it's a it's almost like childbirth. I don't remember a thing about it other than the fact that it was pouring. Okay, well, Marine Corps is you know it's a it's a fairly decent course in terms of difficulty level. I mean, um, you know there aren't too many hills in it, and I would guess it's probably flatter than than Hartford. Um, so that's that's going in your favor, and mm -hmm. um, you know, yeah, I mean, I definitely think. Yeah, if you can do your halves in that time, you should be closer to that that predicted 4:12 time. Um, okay. you, know, you know, maybe give yourself a, a window in there or A, B, and C goals. Make that your you know your A goal, but have some right. a couple of lower goals in there. Um, okay. A lot comes down to execution, and you know maybe you've learned a few things from these marathons. Maybe not Hartford if you don't remember it, but maybe from <laughs> York, you know, like you can think back to things that maybe you would have done differently. Um, and also, you know, the training. I don't know what kind of training you use leading up to it, but, um, you know, you're more experienced. Um, 
you're you know you've, you've got a good training plan to follow right now and hopefully all those things will help you out and in a, an easier course and and hopefully yeah. weather will be good then too yeah no I hope so I think I think with New York um, you know the crowds get you at certain points where you just can't get your pace it's yeah just so crowded that you couldn't get your pace you know where you wanted to if if you could yeah. um, and I realize I can't do Gatorade three marathons later um, I'm much better with tailwind <laughs> so um, you know, okay, stomach wise. Yeah. So like little by little I guess I'm figuring it out, but yeah. Yeah. Um, it it definitely yeah. is a process like that for sure. Yeah. The only thing that I would say about Marine Corps, I've never run it and but last year was the first year I kind of looked at it closely and it's self started. So really? um yes, I believe so, or something like that. I mean maybe you mean there's no, a starting no corral? What's that? You mean no corrals? Is that what you mean? Or what do you mean? I don't think there are corrals. Wow, because it's so massive. Like, isn't that like that's like another one of forty thousand, I think. Yeah, it's a big race. So I would really um, take a look at that um, because, again, I was uh, kind of I can't remember why I was reading it, but it seemed like you could start pretty much um, at a certain time, like say any time after eight or whatever. And I would okay. be there, you know, if you're if time if you are going to go for a low four time, you know, you definitely need to put yourself so that you're not bobbing and weaving throughout the whole time because that's it is a similar size to New York so okay well I think the thing with New York also is um, the late start isn't isn't like the best time for my body I mean like not yeah. TMI but like by four o'clock I had to go to the bathroom and it's also like you know uh, daylight savings time so you know the yeah. day after it's always a day after daylight savings so yeah. You know, my you know my body was a little off you know it was like noon by the time I started according to my body not 11 yeah. and um, I, I think New York's, I think New York's a really tough PR course for the majority of people uh, you know yeah. I think New York's an experience race maybe not so much a PR race right 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 yeah awesome awesome well keep Thank up the you good so work do you have any other questions or no I, I think I'm good I'm I have to gear up for my 10 hill repeats tomorrow but living where I live I could pick any any 12 hills in my neighborhood and and be <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be good <laughs> good luck with it oh thank you have a great day Keep thank it up. you you too bye bye all right here's another question from um, Amy she says she's doing a 13.1 plan and she's finding it hard to run both days on the weekend she's been doing the long run but Often she needs to switch them to Sundays, which throws off the rest of the following week. What is the best way to deal with only being able to run once on the weekend? Because you, yeah, you have both it, plans written as a rest day on Monday, right? Correct, correct. Yeah. And I, I think I get this, this question at least once a week in my um, Facebook post. I think everybody, you know, there's just a lot of people in this in this boat. Um, so I, I, my suggestion is, you know, if you need to take um, – Sunday off, run long on Saturday, take Sunday off, and then shift Sunday to Monday. Um, not a deal breaker. It's okay. Um, at the end, you want consistency out of your plan, and 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 so that should be your end game goal. Um, and don't 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 beat yourself up if you're not getting you know the exact combination of running on the exact days. It's okay. Um, so yeah, I would suggest shift Sunday to Monday and and do it that way. Absolutely. And um, and if Amy said that she has her long runs on Sunday, then she's just going to move it, you know, she's moving Saturday to Sunday, Sunday to Monday, just moving everything down one day. And that's yes. absolutely fine. And you can do that um, just if you do use Training Peaks, 
you know, um, if you want it to show up as the day that you want to do that workout, then just tell just tell Training Peaks that your race day is on Monday, and um, that Monday after the weekend of your race, and you'll be able to shift it that way or shift it back oh, or whatever cool. you do. Um, so yeah, and Leslie has a similar question. Um, you know, she wants to move her Sunday circuit run to Monday. Um, and so, I mean, just, and then I know you've typed this a couple of times, but it always bears repeating. Like, what, what is the general pattern if they have, if they're not on, like, um, a plan that has mostly easy runs? What, how do you reach? Yeah, you just, you, you know, the very simple guideline is go for easy, hard, easy, hard kind of um, plan, meaning that you don't want to have back-to-back. So you wouldn't want to do your long run and then the next day go out and do your hill, hill repeat day. You know, you want to have space in between there so that your body does get a break and you're not going to overwork your muscles. So, yeah. Absolutely. And hard runs are long runs. They are hill repeats. They're tempo runs. They're anything with some intensity in it. Yeah. Easy runs are obviously easy. Cross training should be easy. The circuit yeah. run, I would say, is pretty easy because it's three-ish yeah. miles, you know. So yeah. anything, you know, that has intensity or crazy length is hard. And then the other stuff is easy. Rest day, easy. Um, Okay, Um, let's see here. Uh, Here's one from Ariel, who is uh, in the marathon program. She says uh, she's been AWOL for a while. She went on an epic two-week trip camping to Yellowstone and Grand Tetons. Awesome. Nice. (laughs) And even though she brought all of her running gear, she didn't run at all for various reasons, although she did a fair amount of hiking. And she's having a hard time getting back into training. She was supposed to do 14 miles on Saturday, and she only did 11, and her legs were pretty shot after those miles. She was going to do the Portland Marathon this October, but the race may not happen due to permit and route issues, and the new route uh, for the race is very unappealing. Um, Lots of running on an ugly industrial highway, so now she doesn't know if she even wants to do the race. She just bag it and try again next year. She says, I really want to PR in my next marathon, and if it doesn't happen, I'll be extremely disappointed and probably feel like a failure. Not really a question, but do you have any advice for me? Um, I mean, I again, I'm going to say I'm sensing maybe a tiny bit of burnout in that, but I, I could be wrong. Maybe I'm reading all of that wrong because on the one hand, you're saying you also really want to PR. Um, so, you know, if if you really want to PR and and you're not your training's not quite there yet, it's not too late. I would maybe look at. Um, I think Portland's supposed to be what an October race is it? It's I, October. I, yeah. So maybe is there a November race you could pick, um, and you know, and then you've still got time. You've bought yourself some time, and you can start, you know, committing to it and start working hard and training toward it. Um, you know, if your, you know, enthusiasm is 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 not quite there, maybe it's not the right year for you. Maybe you want to look at a spring marathon. Um, so I think you need to kind of um, really do a little self-examination and decide what what your goal is. And if you really do want to gun for a PR, I would say. Definitely look for November, not October. Yeah. Yeah, and also, you know, a marathon, as we started this whole broadcast with, is a really long way to go. And if you're on a course that doesn't seem exciting to you, I don't know. I mean, I just, <laughs> I want to be in a place where I like to look around. And if I'm on an industrial highway, that's not a place I want to look around necessarily. Yeah. So, and I think um, anyone in that Portland situation right now. I wouldn't put my eggs in that basket, you know, because no, that's, that's going to be really upsetting if you do train for it and then things don't come together. Yeah, no, I, it's a really, uh, seems like, I mean, it's not a crisis. It's a crisis for the Portland Marathon, but yeah. for anyone who wanted to run it, especially on yeah. the old route, but it's it's pretty disappointing, actually. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, so Ariel, I think I think your advice, Amanda, is spot on. Just to recap, just to make sure that you you want to do it this year because you know if a PR if a PR is exactly what you need, then you need to like make sure that you have the right course, right? Have the right time in your life to do that, um, and um, and then kind of go for it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to be at the retreat this year. Last year, MK. Um, Coach MK led a led a like a kind of a goal setting workshop because a lot of times women don't think about what's not women but people don't think about what's on their calendar you know and all of a sudden they're like I mean I got to tell you this summer I've been driving a ton of swim team practice because mm-hmm. of um, our pool isn't open and you know I'm I'm driving at 6:45 I'm picking up at eight I'm driving at nine I'm picking up at ten like yeah God, I wasn't and it's not far away but it's still in the car four times right and like. If I was training for a marathon right now and I had to have my run done by 6.30 so that I could get, you know, my first kit swimmer to practice, you know, just stuff like that, that you're like, oh, it's not going to be a big deal. And all of a sudden you're like, wait, let me think about it. That is a big deal. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Like what you're describing is exhausting. And then it's hard to get the, you know, to keep that up for a very long period of time. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, and if you want some ideas for marathons, Ariel, you can definitely um, tap uh, one of us on the page and we can help you find something that might feel good. Yeah. Um, okay, so just circling back to the whole Marine Corps, two people, Courtney and Jennifer, both confirmed that they have a rolling start due to the level of security around the Pentagon at the finish. So Interesting. No yeah. corrals. They give you a window and a time you have to start by. Um, so that, I think, can be hard if you are going for a time goal. You need to really make sure that you are, because it's, it's a very walking-friendly marathon, right? Yeah. Walker-friendly. Yeah what I understand so not, yeah. nothing against them but again if you are going for a time goal and you're weaving in and out of different cases that's that can be exhausting in its own way so yeah um, okay uh, we're gonna wrap up in a minute unless anybody else has a question here um, I'm just taking one more quick look through here let me just um, okay um, and yet Michelle thanks for uh, clarifying MCM okay this is Barbara um, asking another plan switching question. Can I pop my long run in earlier in the week, but still follow the plan for the rest of the time? Or do I need to do a gradual build? Sometimes there's a weather break that makes a long run so much easier. Thank you. I'm loving these webinars. So if there's a day where we have that beautiful oh, blue sky, no humidity day on a Tuesday, can she, can you go for it? Yeah, I would. I would. Um, yeah, and again, you know, with the caveat that, um, if it's the day after you've just done speed work, maybe not the best thing to do, but you know what, every once in a while it's not going to kill you, and, and if it's going to make life more pleasant, I mean, look, I'm already looking, I know I'm going to on Saturday morning and do a long run that day. I'm already looking at Thursday and Friday and going, this day is going to be more favorable to a long run, and then I'm going to switch things around for the rest of the week depending on that. So, you know, I yeah, it, it just makes life more pleasant if you can do it that way. Go for it. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, okay, and then I wanted to end with this little bit from Carla, who is in the um, half, or she's in the marathon plan, and she put a little quote about cultivating the habit of being grateful. Um, and she wrote this: um, "As I'm struggling in the middle of what will already be a shortened run, coming across this quote again, cultivating the habit of being grateful was just what I needed. Will this be my greatest run ever? Nope. Do I have to be happy with this run? Nope." but I am grateful that I'm out here. Even though the wind is slowing me down a bit, it's also helping me stay cooler. 
And even though it's humid out, the temps are much more tolerable than what I ran in over the last week. And it's making me a stronger runner for my fall marathon. And, and even though my stomach is not happy, I have the knowledge to get my food choices back to what works for me. And I still have no regrets for enjoying vacation and partaking in a local cuisine. So I'm gonna use this quote to keep me going, to motivate me when I wanna quit, to remind me that there is always something to be grateful for during my struggles. And I think that's a nice um, way to um, end. But as I, <laughs> as I am about to end that, I was like, oh, I know there's one I forgot. And I, I forgot one from the 10K program. So okay, take a deep breath, soak that in. We're cultivating our gratefulness. <laughs> And then, and this is like an encore, right? This is the encore. Right, this is right. The um, okay, so sorry, sorry about that, because Jen, um, in the 10K program, I apologize for um, turning your page over before I uh, did a quick scan. Okay, she says, hi, my, my race isn't until October 22nd, so her wave and training starts in two weeks. She's at, the 10K is a 12-week plan. She's trying to figure out her goal time. She ran a 10K a few weeks ago and finished in 40.51. Is it unrealistic to aim for 48 minutes by my race date? I'm pretty good with sticking to the training plan. She did the 13.1 race plan earlier this year and she had a great race. So um, again, going back to what we talked about. So she's wanting to go from a 50-41 to about 48 minutes. So that's a little less than three minutes over 6.2 miles. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that? I think it's doable. I think it's doable. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, it's and, and especially you're going to have all this training behind you. You're going to have October versus May. Um, you know, I, I think I think I would try to aim for it. I mean, you can maybe again set yourself up a beagle that you're going to be happy with too um, as a cushion. But um, yeah, why not train for it and see how it's going? And you know, you can evaluate midway through the training too. And um, if that's feeling like it's too much, maybe maybe dial back. But um, yeah, I, th I think it's doable. Yeah, absolutely. I do too. Um, again, because um, you know, the shorter the race, the, the smaller your improvements are going to be. Improving in yeah. a, a minute in a one in a five k is big, right? Yeah. Yeah. Improving a minute yeah. in a marathon, important. Still improvement. We'll take it, but it's not right. quite as right. uh, you don't have to be quite as ambitious. So, Jen, I apologize. You are last, but definitely not least. So. Um, so thank you all. Um, it's been really fun to hang out with you. Thank you for joining us. I know I kind of gave you a short um, notice on this webinar, so I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that most of you were able to join us. And um, as always, Coach Amanda is uh, available on the Facebook page. And um, just keep up the great work, right? They, I just love, yeah. love tuning yeah. in. Like, I, have I, love, I, love everyone, I love seeing everyone helping each other out, you know, that people are coming on going, oh, you know, I'm lacking motivation or... That was so many people out there today. Everyone jumped in and, and is there to support one another. So that that's fantastic. I agree. I agree. All right. Many happy miles. Many ha happy humid miles. And um, we will reconvene probably. My guess August is kind of the month where everybody scatters. We've got vacation. We got school starting. We got. So my guess is that we'll probably reconvene um, right after Labor Day and do one more. Do another session of these because then the racing is going to start. So. Yeah. Um, so we'll see you all soon. Have a great week. Talk to you all later. Right. Bye. Thanks, Coach Amanda. Bye. Bye.